God, it was so funny. And then he puts him back in and he's like, there's a good boy. And don't, now don't f*** up or I'm going to come and get you. Yeah, there's a good lad. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict TV podcast, where we fashion ourselves television judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. And our returning guest host, Casey Ridge. Sorry for the swears. And if you haven't already, please hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. It helps us grow the podcast. Today, we are reviewing episodes five through eight of the Amazon original series, The Boys, as a conclusion to our last week's episode. Uh, so you should go check that one out if you haven't listened that we did the first four episodes in of the show last week. So as a reminder, The Boys was released in 2019, starred Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Laz Alonzo, Tomer Capone, and Dominique McElligot. So let's just jump right in. The start of episode five, isn't it? When the deep steals the, the dolphin, isn't that the first thing that well, you he see? Start, he, didn't he steal it at the end of episode four? And then it starts with the news story about how it died. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. And then they like, they flash forward to him in the, like the van. He's got the dolphin like rigged up in a harness situation. And what, like a, some truck comes or something or the cops start chasing because he's speeding, right? Yeah. And then he gets oh. to like a stop sign or like a T and then he has to slam oh, on his no. brakes for some reason. And then the dolphin goes through the windshield and then is kind of flopping around on the street and then a semi oh. runs over it. And so the outtake from the news is the deep <laughs> sitting there in this pitiful like ball crying over this dead dolphin, which was the one good thing he tried to do in his entire superhero, I don't know, career. So bad. So bad. So that's the start of his comeuppance, as you might say, for sure, is is now he's in the crosshairs of this bad publicity getting started right out the gate. So pretty bonkers. Casey, how did you feel about that? Because I remember we did Tiger King. I've, if I remember correctly, I feel like you were de definitely an animal lover. I mean, I am too. But oh, yeah. What was I, it, uh, was I like animals more than humans on any occasion, and I don't care about what animal it is. How were you feeling for that dolphin? Oh, it hurt my heart, especially since they were like talking to each other. And yeah. it it uh, it broke my heart a little bit, but it's no worse than the uh, lobster. Yeah, which... <laughs> Later oh on, my, <laughs> the lobster. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he tries to save the lobster. Gets didn't the dolphin talk about something about like stick it in his blowhole or something? Or am I just making that up? Or no, yeah, and that's like I think part of what they were trying to do is make it so that it wasn't so distressing when the dolphin like. So they made this like yeah. this sexually predator dolphin that wanted him to like yeah, like what. <laughs> Have sex with his blowhole. I'm like, oh my god, this show is so twisted. <laughs> is it is it bad that that only endeared the dolphin more to me? <laughs> <laughs> it's not surprising. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it was so uncomfortable when he starts. He's like, we can't do that now. <laughs> like. What the fuck am I watching right now? So everything about his character is disturbing, if I'm being honest, though. Like, all of the interactions that he has are just uncomfortable. But yeah. Yes. So great way to start off this second half of our review with episode five and the crazy dolphin. And then from there, we cut to this is where they go to. Oh, what's that Christian revival thing called? Yeah. The Believe Expo. So we did talk about last time where Starlight, Huey bugs Starlight's phone and then goes, gets himself into the expo. 
so that they can, because they figured out that the Compound V is being transported through that nonprofit of that superhero that runs it. And I cannot remember his name. Ezekiel. Is, oh, yeah, he is a superhero. Yeah, he's hey, the stretchy guy. Yeah, yeah he the was stretchy the stretchy guy, guy. in the first episode that in some private club, right, he was getting head from some, I don't know, from somebody. And then he stretches himself across to the other side of the room to go give two guys some handies. Yes. Right? That was him? Yep, that's him. That's that's Huey's first. So, like, your first introduction to how really bad these people are is you see Huey walking through there and Butcher's telling him, he's like, is that Ezekiel? As he's stretching across the room. Isn't he, like, anti-gay and Christian and whatnot? And they're like, <laughs> yep, welcome to the party, pal. Like, it was just, yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly how you meet Ezekiel, and that is him. Craziness. Well, something I wanted to bring up, because at the end of our last episode, Casey brought up about how we had focused on Starlight too much as we got into other stuff at the end. But Starlight brings this episode off with a bang. Uh, because this is where she uh, she kind of comes clean about having to put on the face for corporate at Va, and they're telling her to be this and that, wear this and that, and all that. And she basically just came up from. I remember it said, "I'm tired. You guys can accept me for me. From now on, I'm gonna just make my own decisions." And I thought her her speech was very refreshing, especially in light of how with what is it Huey right when he asked for tickets to uh, that whole expo and he came off kind of fake and she was like, oh, now he's just another groupie. Is he really my friend? And that all kind of came to a head in her speech. And that was really interesting because I mean, that was pretty bold because it, it's trying to imagine myself doing that with my employer, just basically saying like, F you, I'm going to do what I want. And she did it anyways. Well, that, that's when she outs the fact that she was assaulted, right? Was she, one of my teammates stuck his dick well, in my face worse. or whatever it was. Yeah. Because she wasn't talking to, I mean, she was talking to the crowd. But and this is the part that you guys may not understand. This is this was a daughter talking to mom. Because she tells yes. her mom, <laughs> I, forgot about I don't, don't want to do this. Like, you've got to get me out of this. And her mom has always put like the fame and whatever else above her daughter. So, you know, she she's sitting there going, I don't want to do this. And then she starts reading the screen, the teleprompter with the speech that they want her to say. And then she looks at her mom and she's like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, I'm not I'm done. I'm done putting up with the shit. And then she says it in the best way possible, where she's like, tell that to the guy who stuck his dick in my face. You're not wrong. Like she does it in such a you cheer for her and you want you want her to do well. And then it cuts to Elizabeth's shoes sitting in the corporate office going, fuck. <laughs> we know who did it. But she totally she loses her shit. And she's just like, you know, you know what? Fuck everybody else. I am who I am. Believe in what you want to believe in. It doesn't have to be this. And it, it it's the first time that you can really celebrate and see what that goody two shoes superhero really should be. Well, and then I love, too, that during this speech, the deep is watching and he's eating Cheetos. He's all depressed and shit after the dolphin dies. And he sees this speech and the only thing you get is a close up on his face. And he's like, oh, shit, because <laughs> he knows he's really he's already just fucked up. And now you compound it with this revelation and he knows they're going to know who it is. And so he just has this panic attack before he gets sent off to Cedar Point. <laughs> Sandusky, Ohio. <laughs> Is it bad when I heard the word Sandusky? JJ, you know where I'm going with this. I thought of Penn State. And I'm like, I wonder if there was a reason they sent him to Sandusky to make me think about those other. I don't know. It just made me think about that unfortunate circumstance with the football team and the coach. Yeah, it is unfortunate that his last name 
is shared with that particular city in Ohio. No, the reason they send him is because the Great Lakes are right there. Sandusky's right on Lake Erie. That's where, like I said, that's why Cedar Point is there because Cedar Point's literally right on the the shore of Lake Erie. Well, and it's somewhere he's not going to get in trouble, right? He goes to, he gets 75 bucks a day and he fills his cart full of junk food. And then they're like, yeah, you might do some appearances. And if you ever want to swim, the Great Lakes are right here, but we don't really see a lot of crime because they just have to keep his face and name out of the headlines. Yeah, it's not, it's not weird. We're not living in a shithole like Akron. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I used to live, well, we used to live too, not far from Akron, but I grew up just south of Akron. So I, that one always, that line always makes me laugh. We're not a shithole like Akron. LeBron James is from Akron, right? He is. Very familiar with that area. Well, the episode continues on where it's where they find the babies. Yeah, because what's his face? Huey, again, pulls out of his ass the ability to like he uses, even though his video is not working because he gets baptized and his phone's in his pocket. <laughs> I was like, oh, what a shitty thing to have happened to him. But he uses that video and and really gets Ezekiel in a tight spot saying, you know, you fucked me. We were in a club. So he used that as an and he just on his toes. Huey is a genius. And so he get finds out that they're using it to they've been using it to turn kids. This is where you officially find out that all superheroes are created, not born. And so that's when, yeah, Butcher goes to the hospital with the best weapon ever. (laughs) Who is it that they, don't they cut somebody in half with the baby? (laughs) Yeah. So that, cause they get in and they're still in the, they have to get the compound V. They find it. They figure out that they're doing babies because all these babies are in incubators and one of them opens its eyes while it's sleeping and, lasers come out so security comes up on him and he grabs the baby and holds the baby face forward like up in the air and uses the baby as a fucking weapon it's awesome <laughs> it's like the real world version of the incredibles baby jack jack right yeah, yeah oh my god it was so funny and then he puts him back in and he's like there's a good boy and don't now don't fuck up or i'm gonna come and get you yeah it's a, there's a good lad <laughs> jj explain to me how the baby's laser their eyes can go off in the incubator and not fry the incubator container, but it can destroy a human being. Well, I'm assuming since they've been doing this since I think it was 1971, they said. So since the 70s that they've figured out at least as, as many combinations of these power sets as they can. And so I'm assuming that the the glass that they're inside the incubators with is built to withstand pretty much anything. Because that's what it goes off, hits the glass, and then they're like, oh shit. And then they take him out to use him. So that would be my assumption is they've just figured out what materials fair i'll let the movies explain that away that works for me yeah yeah but yeah this is when black noir's coming after him though and that you did hit that on the head where the what's her name the female protects frenchie from black noir and we think she's dead what is black noir because i know i read some stuff after i saw this that he definitely had a bigger role in uh, the comics and seems to be kind of like a scary kind of lewd superhero, but they didn't focus on him. It seems like very much. Maybe they will in season two. I know I've seen like a preview of season two where he's got a pretty big scene, but I don't know that they'll get too much into him. And I haven't done too much, re- too much research about him through the comics, but I do know that he has heightened senses. That's the only thing I remembered reading about. And um, he can play the piano like a motherfucker. Yeah, he can. That, oh, I forgot <laughs> about that at the party. So I don't know. But I, yeah, he is creepy and he doesn't speak apparently, at least in the show. And he's obviously bought in 100% with the seven. Clearly. But he certainly gets his ass beat for a hot second by the female and then comes back and obviously you think she's dead, but she heals herself. Well, yeah, right that's where you end. learn that she can regenerate. 
you find out she's seriously she really goes badass. to save right because they he finds her in the hall the alleyway she goes after him to save Frenchie right and that was in four or was that in the previous episode well it was in the previous episode but Frenchie lets her go I don't remember where she was but he lets her he out lets her go and then noir comes after Frenchie and then she comes after noir because to save Frenchie yeah and he let her go forever before mm. because they were uh, they had just found out they were all burnt so he let her go that's right he let her go because they figured out that homelander knew they shut off all the accounts and all that stuff so they were trying to disappear and that's where black noir found Frenchie was he was trying to flee get out and then she saved him. And yep. then you realize that she's now she's now a Spice Girl. Spice Girl. <laughs> uh, so after that, that's when the DP does officially go to Sandusky. And there's that weird scene with that girl that just wants to get off a freaky one with his gills or whatever. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Such a weird scene. That was weird to me. You can tell he's not comfortable. He gets again this he gets his full comeuppance and but what was weird to me was like the fact that she's got her hands in his gills and it's like she's getting off because her hands are in his gills. And I don't know if it's just part of like the her fucking with him or it really was yeah. weird. Like I well, found she that she was weird. hurting him, right? Yeah. S and M. Ah. There you go. Some people get off on the hurting, some people get off on the being hurted. So she's the, the sadist. And honestly, I wasn't okay, like I wasn't any more okay with him getting his than I was with him doing what he did to Starlight. Like I was equally not okay with both things because he's sitting there going, no, stop. That hurts. Yeah. Stop what you're doing. And then she just forces it because you see how big of a weakness his gills are. Mm. And up until that point, he's never taken his shirt off. And so he always has them very protected. That makes sense. I, now I feel like an asshole. Because part of me was well, and you can see like, like you, that's okay. And then if you watch the progression, right? So if we stay on him, because this is all we have to talk about the deep horror, is you stay on him, and it's you can see the progression of how the the effect it has on his mental health. Yeah, you know that and being shipped somewhere else, but like it fucks with him, and he goes through this like traumatic experience, and then he continues to relive the trauma. Because at one point he's sitting there and he's shaving his head and he's shaving all of his body, and he goes, "What does he call it? like you fucking idiot?" Fucking idiot, idiot yeah. or whatever and he's beating himself up over it and so you can see that you take this guy who had clearly some pretty high self-confidence and then all of a sudden he gets molested if you will and now you see the trauma and how it plays out and he falls apart true another telling scene of hollywood right of the mm -hmm. the child star Maybe if you want to go that direction, that's what I see with it that falls apart as an adult or after, you know, they're even a star, superstar for a while. And then their career takes a dive and all of a sudden. Well, I think they, they kind of show that in, is it this episode when they use the Mesmer, the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. guy mm -hmm. where he clearly, he was like the child star in these movies, which is funny because if they, he the actor that plays star? him, it, isn't it Haley Joe? Yep. And he, who was like, he was like the child act. It was so funny. It was like ironic. I was like, oh, he like literally is playing him just <laughs> as a superhero, basically. And so he went through that where he was like the it superhero, had all these movies, everything. And now you see him, he's like, just has a regular house. He's got dropped by Vaughn. He's trying to do anything to get his life back to that point, get close to his daughter. And the the boys use him to try and gather more information but then it's just interesting the second that homelander steps into the equation he just seems to be like the godfather of superheroes yeah. then mesmer does whatever he needs to do to get on 
what he perceives as Homelander's good side who couldn't give two flying Fs about Mesmer. And I just thought that whole dichotomy was pretty interesting about like superheroes trying to make it in society. And then they're just like a regular person too. Well, it goes back to what they're willing to do to buy it back. Right. So for his, for his help, they, what's his, what's the one dude's name from the boys? That works with child services. So they oh, work out a way milk. for Mesmer M-M. to be able to mother's see his milk. trained daughter, to see them once a week where they ha- he's had no relationship with his daughter. So they work it out and say, as long as you help us, you don't say anything about what we're doing, we'll continue to allow you to see your daughter. And Mesmer is like, nope, fuck that. She didn't really want to see me. So I am unwilling to, to put myself out when there's something to be gained. And now all of a sudden, I see that there I might be able to get back in with Va. I might be able to get back into the spotlight. So I'm going to fuck over my family and give up my daughter, any possible relationship with her to be able to try to have a conversation, right? To try to have a meeting. So he calls Homelander to be able to turn the boys in to say, here's these people. I'll give you their picture. And that's how they get burned. Oh, that's right. He takes his phone. Oh, it's my phone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he got, and so he gave up everything and he got nothing in return. Wow. He got a smushed face via butcher. Yeah. In a very brutal death scene in the bathroom of the train station. Oh, I forgot about that. And he just beats him against the porcelain of the sink and then smiles as he walks away. Just one more reason to love Butcher. But one reason to to not love Butcher in this episode, or at least want to know what y'all think, is this is when he goes to Rainer, the what the FBI, like deputy chief or whatever, some position close to that, basically lays out all the evidence they have. They clearly have enough. She's ready to, to do everything they can. But the kicker that we all know, his sore spot with Homelander and as we continue to learn in the show, Homelander is deemed to be basically untouchable. And then he just throws the deal off and then goes to lie. He goes back and lies to his crew saying, no, never had enough. Wasn't going to work out. But in reality, to me, it seems like he stopped the goodness of his group and their initiative based off his personal vendetta with Homelander, which, but on his side of things is why this all started in the beginning. So I'm not saying I don't disagree with what he did, but I also feel like you take the victories you can and then keep pressing forward. But wanted to know what, what you guys thought about that, because I thought he kind of did a dick move to his team. From a Homelander perspective, for me, it's all about Butcher's hatred about his because of his wife. He thinks Homelander raped his wife and he's the reason that she's dead. Because in my mind, and I could be wrong, but when I think about they're giving you the chance to go after every other soup except for Homelander, that puts Homelander in a very precarious situation. You may never bring him down, but you're also going to put him in a spot where he can't be 100% himself because he has to be even more careful than he has been because once all these others that are in the seven and the other superheroes start getting outed for all of this bullshit and compound v is out there the spotlight's going to be even more heavily on him and we know how the media goes in a more negative way now spot's going to put their spin on it but i think to me i would hope that if i were in butcher's place that i could put that personal piece aside and say yeah we'll get the rest of them even though homelander is the one that i want and then there's no because he ends up taking it anyway to save the team once they figure him out. And hindsight's 2020 and we jump to the end. If he had taken the deal at the beginning, before they found out about the terrorist soups, he could have gotten people oh, as yeah. opposed to getting outed and now he's on the run and nobody's backing him at all. The only people that are safe are their families. And so I don't know. 
Well, besides that, as another massive plot point that started to develop here is the, as in episodes one through four, when Homelander made that speech with the, the airplane going down about getting Vought to be included in the military, things are only heating up because I think this is when um, they find out that a terrorist has superpowers uh, that they come across and we start to kind of figure out, well, it's not just happenstance because we knew that these were uh, superheroes were created via babies a long time ago but then you you got your head swirling as if you were like well was this concocted many years ago or how did how did this come about it's just a sheer coincidence but then we start to see the reality of the situation that maybe there's more than meets the eye that this convenient timing is truly convenient because of a few individuals well that doesn't happen till like episode seven right that the because you still go through like Butcher's backstory and the, and how he got involved and you you go back and you meet Mallory Mallory right so there's oh a, when there's, he talks to his sister it. yeah well yeah because cause they go back and they find the lady who actually created the boys that brought Butcher into the fold because in the beginning he asked he went to the FBI lady and he wanted the Mallory files and that's all he left it as and then you find out that Mallory is still alive and you find out because so they end up getting. Frenchie, the girl, and I never remember the other dude's name. Milk. Milk. Mother's yeah. Milk. Right. So they have them. They have them in a compound. And why can I not anybody's name? It's gone. The main dude, the guy. Yeah, the one I hate. Oh, Huey. Yeah. So right, Huey go, goes and says, "I'm going to get him out." Butcher wants Butcher's help. Butcher won't help him. They go visit Mallory. And Mallory's saying, "You should just walk away before any more people get hurt." And Huey's like, "Nope, fuck that. I'm going to go get my guys." And so he has the ingenious plan to get himself arrested too with a retainer is in his mouth and then you get the comedy of butcher being like no i'm gonna i'm gonna punch that or what is mother's it? milk yeah mother's milk yeah i know mother's milk's like this is gonna hurt i'm gonna i'm gonna get punch that thing out of your face yeah you guys are skipping an entire episode though okay full disclosure i got so sidetracked in this I, okay i was watching the last four episodes and i literally in my mind was having this internal discussion with myself about nature versus nurture and it just went on for episodes <laughs> and i like legit think i missed an entire episode well the one we missed <laughs> talking about was the one where huey gets a hotel room and takes starlight back <laughs> and they have glowy eyed sex yeah because she her eyes glow when she comes yeah okay exactly <laughs> and that's like the that's like the peak or like the climax of their relationship right literally and then figuratively as well because after that everything goes to hell because they bust the boys they figure out the boys thanks to mesmer and then all of a sudden they have this meeting in the sevens room with homelander basically threatening to kill starlight in the middle of the room and then you get mave who is starting to find her moral compass again now that it's been gone and she protects Starlight and then takes her under her wing, says, I'll basically be responsible for her. And then they have their conversation after the fact. And now all of a sudden, Starlight's just pissed because she realized that Huey's been using her. So they have that initial conversation in the park after the fact. And he's trying to explain everything. And then <laughs> she's going to arrest his ass and Butcher shoots her twice with that 50 cal sniper right in the chest so that he can get huey away and then it moves into they oh, yeah end up getting captured and she 
Huey, when he decides after the Mallory conversation, decides to go and talk to Annie and ask for help. And she's like, what the hell? And then he admits that she saved him just by being nice He because of the fact that Robin was killed. And now he's a human being again, as opposed to being, you know, this revenge monster that was going spiraling that she saved him. And she, yeah. she tries to be Maeve after the conversation outside the boardroom and says, I don't care and walks away. So... So I do have a question for the two of you. What's up? It's going to take me a second to get there. Knowing full well that women fake orgasms all the time. I know you don't (laughs) want to hear that, but what would you give to be able to have a telltale sign like her eyes glow or don't glow to be able to feel like you have adequately done your job? I mean, look, it's always nice to know. But the problem is, is that it, there's a whole nother conundrum that comes with that. And that is if her eyes don't glow or haven't started glowing, now you get into your own head. And this is a whole fucking different conversation. Shit. You mm-hmm. can start a whole podcast on this shit. But like for a man, you start getting into that. And I'm not all men, right? There's some men. It just doesn't matter. There's some situations we don't care. But in, in most situations where we care, and we want to be that you get in your own head. You'd be going and going and you're like, fuck, her eyes haven't glowed yet. What the fuck am I doing wrong, right? And now it's this mental problem that just actually exacerbates the real issue of not being able to provide that amount of pleasure. So you probably wouldn't end up anyway. But it would be nice to know whether, yay or nay, there was a nice orgasm involved at the you end. You wouldn't, like, you wouldn't just ask, hey, could I do something different? The, so, the, like, the easiest solution ever, like, hey, what could I do? I, I hate to break it to you, but I don't think most people would ask. Could you even imagine how much better that your sex lives would be if you would? Well, for sure. Like, I'm not saying that so, it's a bad thing. I but. think in, in their Huey and Starlight situation, if you're kind of having like a one night stand, it's in your first time. I don't know a guy at to JJ's point that's going to ask, hey, is there more that I can do? Because for you, just getting to that point is a huge win. And like, you're just you're trying to not to mess the situation up or make it more awkward. Or did you don't really want to know if you sucked at having sex in that moment or whatever, because that would just destroy you. But I think the longer you go in that relationship, I lean more Casey on the side of I wouldn't really want to know the tall tale sign because if you know your partner and they're being honest with you and you know what they like and you've asked those questions in time, then you should know, well, hey, this is what I need to do for that person to make them feel that way. So that's, I guess, where I would lean. But if you're if you're kind of a, a player, you're, you're just dating and or not dating, you're just having fun with a bunch of different people you want you want to be that wizard in the bedroom would it be great to have that tall tale sign probably but i mean <laughs> what a great conversation i've officially made nathan un- uncomfortable <laughs> to the ump degree i i would admit in my head i'm like i wonder what our listeners are going to think about this very conversation and maybe they're like no give me more more of this <laughs> exactly. and I'm like, right, let's do it as I say, we hear about it. We'll have to start the What's Our Verdict sex podcast or something. Well, to that point, it's people, money, sex, and power, or what is that phrase? I mean, it's on oh, people's minds. Absolutely. Isn't it money, sex, drugs? Money, sure. Might be on our minds. I don't, I don't know if it's on everybody's minds, but yeah, I mean, it's it's an interesting question. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, got us off track. Interesting. But yeah, so that's Huey and Starlight. <laughs> In that same episode, once while that's happening... Then things just start to get crazy, right? Because then Huey's dad, he gets held, kidnapped, A-Train's there, and they got to concoct a plan to to save him. And and then I think as well in that episode, this is where we, we haven't really talked about Homelander really at all in these episodes, but then we start to, the facts start to come out about, well, where, where did he come from? 
Why is he who he is? Because he has that conversation, which I just thought was extremely enlightening with what's his name? Vogelbaum, if I said that correctly. And I think that at the, I just remember the end of that conversation where he says something to the extent of you are my greatest failure. And this is the, the guy that like essentially created him as his lab rat. And I thought Homelander was just going to lose it right there and just ax this guy, but he didn't. And that whole scene of just, it looked like Homelander just grew up in a room, like a four by four room with a door and people peering in at him. We it, it, it Just all this kind of stuff where he, he seemed like he was a lab rat and probably a massive reason why he's a little high strung. Well, and I think that conversation is honestly what made me start to question nature versus nurture, right? Because that conversation, he essentially is talking to his creator, his dad, for all intents and purposes. And the doctor is saying, "I we learned a lot from you. We learned a lot from you and what has happened and how you are. And you should never have, you should have been in a home with a family where there was love. You shouldn't have been in a cold thing where I was the only you know, contact that you had. And so it, it begs the question, and, and may, this is where my mind kind of went, is you see the conversation between Maeve and Starlight where Maeve is saying, when I first started, right, I was just like you. I was this wide-eyed little, you know, wanted to do good in the world, goody two-shoes. Um, and that's all I cared about. And now look at me and I give a shit about nothing. And then she tells her, go be that goody two shoes, go be the good because one of us has to. And so you see kind of the, I started to look at the difference, right? Starlight grew up in a home with a mom who crazy as she may be, right? She was like a Hollywood mom in the worst sense, but it was still a home and there was still love. And Starlight is that I want to do good versus you look at Homelander and you have to question like, would he have been different had he been raised in a place where there was a very nurturing relationship that he would have to go back on versus walking through a house who where he had never been before with all of his shit and having to come up with stories about this family that he never had. And so I, I, I guess that's the parallel that I started to kind of go down a rabbit hole in is would it have been any different? It's a fair question. And I mean, it's it's one of those things where not only did he have this father figure that kept him locked in a, locked in a room and experimented, whatever you want to call it, but his mother, his current mother figure is worse because the only person he looks at it with his mother is Stillwell, who only gives a shit about him for the purpose of making money and getting her promotion, right? Yeah. So he doesn't have anybody that he in his brain cares about because the other part about that Vogelbaum conversation is you can tell that he cared what Vogelbaum thought Mm -hmm. to the point that when he starts talking about you're my biggest failure I should have done things differently he tries to rationalize it and say yes but I'm the greatest superhero there is and he but then that's when he says you're my greatest failure so it's really interesting to see that dichotomy of this human being that hates everyone and doesn't care about anything but himself except for Two people that either look at him as a failure because of how, how he's turned out, regardless of the successes that he's had. And then this other person he cares about who wants nothing to do with him except use him to move her agenda and her life and her wealth forward. So, Well, and can we just talk for a second about how well that scene and that conversation between Homelander and the doctor was acted? Mm-hmm. Because Homelander, who is the true villain, right? I mean, I guess not the, but he is he is probably the most hated character on screen. And he, you know, it 
there were pieces of that conversation where his eyes were kind of glossy and you could tell that there was some really huge emotion. And there were part of that conversation where I just wanted to give him a hug to make the, you know, here's this, you almost see him as a little kid, right? That's just saying, love me, want me, be proud of me. And you just want to give him a hug. And then you have in the same conversation, you want to punch him in the face or, you know, worse because he's a, he's an absolute prick. And so it, it like just to feel through and go through those emotions all in a five minute clip of television. It's incredible what they were able to make you feel as the viewer and make you feel for and kind of change your mind a little bit about Homelander and how he is and who he is. Like he, they make you feel for this man who you've hated. And so it's, I mean, I was, I have, I was so impressed. It was such an incredible scene. And I like I think that will be pretty high on my list of really perfect scenes in cinematic history for at least for me. It's a good one. What do you say? The guy, uh, Homelander's character, actor's name is Anthony Starr, if Mm -hmm. if I remember correct. That dude, I mean, just for my homage to Homelander, as Casey kind of talked about, that scene kind of epitomizes his acting capabilities but man just throughout the show the level of eeriness that he brings to to the table to the level of confidence to the level of rage to the level of confusion i mean he just so many different emotions that this actor was able to play in the the character homelander for me he was my favorite character in the show he was what was most captivating to me because in every scene you just didn't know what kind of homelander you were going to get were you going to get the calm cool collected like politically correct homelander or were you going to get like this behind the scenes just straight up killer or was he going to be the one that silently stabbed you in the back? And that's what I loved about him in this show is there was so much to his character and so much more we still don't even know. But at every scene, I just couldn't take my eyes off him because I thought he was just going to blow a gasket and something like just absolutely crazy was going to happen. And a lot of times it did. And so that's what about the show never disappointed that I've never seen a show where someone I expected to be so good and to be so high in a pedestal, but actually is so low, so full of faults and is so human. And yet he's the greatest superhero ever. And that's why I think I really loved the season because of the way Homelander was portrayed, especially. Yeah, it's really good stuff. And I think the acting across the board in this show is pretty amazing if i'm being honest like there's really good performances across the board like we made fun of frenchy last week because he's always got the stories and he's <laughs> kind of silly and over the top but he the, the the actor that played him is that performance is very very good as well because when he goes serious you take him serious when he's joking you you know you laugh at him but and i think that's yeah just across the board the acting's very very good can i just tell you how like hilarious it was to watch huey shoot that <laughs> that machine gun like covering mother's mm-hmm. milk to go back to get the female and he's just duck, 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 i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> well, even, even before that that entire scene was funny like when you talk about frenchie telling stories and frenchie is in there telling mother's milk that oh yeah it could be worse and his yeah. story is something about how he was in a jail with his friend who was forced to what run around in his own shit and then got sepsis and died yeah. and then Mother's Milk is like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, I was just trying to tell you it could be worse. <laughs> no, he's, he's so sarcastic. He's like, thank you, Frenchie, for that uplifting positive story. <laughs> and he's like, I'm just saying it could be worse. <laughs> it's, yeah, that. And then shortly after, that's when Huey comes in and they literally try to pry the 
the thing out of his mouth and then they punch it as yeah, great. Well, and during their escape, great. right? So there is some, there is something important that happens here mm-hmm. that we kind of glossed over. So during their escape, you've got, you know, there, you have these three that are stuck behind this barrier. They're trying to get out. There's, they're clearly not going to. And then all of a sudden you just see this flash of bright light. And then all the bad guys are dead because Starlight came to save Huey. And then right to, Two seconds later, all of a sudden, you they're they're getting ready to leave. They're, they she's got a couple of them out, and then A Train shows up. And here's A Train, who had broken his leg. He was training with his brother to try to get better. He wasn't willing to wait, so he took more Compound V, knowing that it could kill him. And he shows up, and him and Starlight get into it, and they fight. And then the fight ends because he has a heart attack because the Compound V was killing him. So. It's a cliffhanger, though, right? Because we don't know. Last last that we know here, Starlight was trying to save him. She was doing chest compressions. She uh, made a call to get help to come. And then we just don't know. So yeah. over under, does he live? Does he not live? And I guess we'll find out when the season starts. Well, and I think it's a big thing to talk about, too, is Huey's role in this whole thing. Because it really puts him on the opposite spectrum of he's been running with with Butcher and basically getting his training from Butcher to become, you know, part of Butcher's crew. And he separates himself from Butcher when Butcher is going to leave the team and still go after Homelander. And Huey decides to go after the team as opposed to, you know, his own personal thing. So, but also in that moment where A-Train is dying, he gets on a phone and calls and has her call to save him. She was ready to let him die. She was just standing there and Huey said, save him. Can you do something? Call someone. And she says, he's going to never stop chasing you. And he said, yeah, I know. And he says, I know. So at that point, that's his, you know, here's who I am. I am a good person. I hate what the soups are doing. And I'll obviously he's probably going to continue to do everything he can to bring them down. But he's not willing to go to the extreme of pushing the button of a bomb up a dude's ass anymore. Well, and I honestly think that Butcher had a hand in that. because So one of the more funny parts to me was when Butcher takes them to this meeting of people who have been hurt by soups. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like this. <laughs> AA meeting and you see one of the guys that worked at Vought that initially was working with Starlight to come up with her new media presence and he's sitting there saying how he fell in love uh, with a, a soup who was an icicle or she yeah. was, she froze and Oof. so they were having sex and when she orgasmed she froze his dick off which <laughs> I think you Worst. both would rather have glowing eyes than freezing a dick off yeah <laughs> so, kind of attached but he's telling this story and but then he turns around and he's like but i still love her and is it wrong <sighs> that i still love her and so i think you're you ex- now huey is exposed to people who don't just want to kill who have mm. loved and who have gone through it and still care and have compassion for these people and so i think it was i almost think butcher started not that huey wouldn't have gotten there because i think he no. would have but i also think huey was exposed to it through butcher yeah but i don't think that's what butcher wanted either no oh, no side conversation because when that moment happened uh, you guys are probably aware of the darwin awards like that book of people <laughs> dying horrifically there's yeah. there's one where this couple obviously was having having sex in like some park or something and i guess it just it was started to rain and then it was thundering i don't know what they were doing out there maybe it was just happened out of nowhere but the dude was inside the girl and the girl got hit with a lightning bolt and his his junk mushroomed inside of her he and she was dead he couldn't get out 
of her and then a bear came and killed the guy that's in the book oh yeah my God. I let love, me just leave that right there i love so much that you know that that's terrible jj's face says it all can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine do you you're with you're with casey you're, you're doing your thing have a great time the lightning bolt comes she's dead but then you realize you can't remove yourself from her and then all of a sudden you see a bear coming and you can't get away from the bear and that's how you die i got nothing <laughs> I, I don't even like. <laughs> I yeah. I've been sitting here since you finished the initial, trying to think of anything to say, and I I got nothing. I just wonder how long did he lay there lodged in a dead woman, not able to get out before he was eaten by a bear? That's my question. <laughs> wow, what a story. So on that note, maybe. Sorry, that literally that's what I thought of with that. To Casey's what she's about to say, there might be something worse than a frozen shattered penis. Or a lifetime of disappointment when you don't know when yeah, the orgasm. When you know that not. you didn't cause an orgasm. Though I, I would rather be the woman than the man in that scenario. Sure. Okay, so moving on. Yeah. Back to the boys and more horrible deaths. So at this point, I think is the point where you really start to round out this season we've gotten to the point where the terrorist video allows them to void this cia going after the heroes and puts the boys on the run completely but butcher goes after homelander to by going to stillwell to figure out what his weakness is well at this point stillwell gets her meets i don't even remember his name the main guy at vaught who played by the ever brilliant giancarlo esposito Oh, I'm excited he's in this. Oh, I yeah. love it. He's just been in everything lately, and I love every Breaking moment. Of bad. It. And the Mandalorian, and yeah, it's just so much stuff he's doing. So love him. He's in it for two seconds, and he just steals the scene. But he tells Stillwell, I'm grooming you for my position. She tells Homelander, who's basically made it happen because of his building, and then he admits to her that he created, he's been running V all to all these terrorist groups to create people for them to fight. So they have to be in the military and they go, of course, go and have one of the most awkward sex scenes I've ever seen. Oh, gosh. Well, and can we talk for a second? Because before this happens, we're skipping over that Homelander figures out who Butcher is and why Butcher's coming after them. Sure. So the whole reason he goes to talk to the doctor, right, is because he figures out that it's about Butcher's wife. Mm -hmm. And then he goes to Stillwell. He goes to the doctor to say, you know, what happened? He that so the doctor and Stillwell have similar stories. Both of them are saying you impregnated Butcher's wife. The doctor says she died during childbirth. Stillwell, he goes to her and is having a conversation. She said um, she had a miscarriage, right? It's unfortunate that she died in a miscarriage. And so he knows. Yeah, that was after they had sex. He now knows. Yeah, now he knows. Again, she lied to me. She promised not to. And now it's about, but he knows who Butcher is. He knows why he's there. Well, now he's on a rampage because now he knows they're lying. So now he's got to go figure out who's lying and and why so the next time you see him is in stillwell's home which i love the part where butcher's just sitting there in the dark trying to figure <laughs> out the weakness and she says he has none throwing weapons every weapon in the planet's been known to him and poor butcher's fucked himself at this point because we as the audience know that homelander is no longer going to give a shit 
about Stillwell because of the lie. But Butcher doesn't. So he thinks he's got this whole thing set up with the bomb strapped to her chest. And he's willing to take her out to hurt him in the same way that he thought Homelander hurt him. And I love that Homelander's entrance into this is he gets to Stillwell's home. And because he no longer gives a shit, like the caring is just turned off and you just see it. And it kind of goes back to he is such a phenomenal actor. But now he comes down and he's carrying the baby, cooing at the baby because that's who she cares about. And that's her weakness sets the baby down and then gets in this conversation with butcher and butcher at some point is like, fuck it. Yeah. Well, that's after he fry. Okay. Let's not skip over the coolest death scene. Yeah. I was, I was letting you have that. Cause I (laughs) love when Homelander gives the kiss on the forehead and he explains to her that I know you lied to me and she's trying to save herself. And he just melts her face through her eyeballs up close and personal. You got to sit there and watch her face literally melt from basically the inside. Oh, it's just brutal and it's personal and it's just grossly powerful. And I, I love every minute of that death scene. Every minute of it. It's beautiful. As brutal as it is. Like naturally would think, Oh, he's going to kill me next. Right. So he goes to blow the house. That's edge. Fuck it. (laughs) Yeah. Fuck it. (laughs) Click. And I do love the line that follows up that when when Butcher wakes up and Homelander's pot wakey wakey and they're sitting in his should be you're you got to be glad that I saved you from that burning house. Yeah, it's and he's like, wake up, you're gonna like this. Oh, and I love he looks. He goes, you're I I was gonna let you die, but I like you. <laughs> like that's the moment when you realize that Homelander knows everything that's happened, and he's that powerful that he just doesn't give a shit. I like you. <laughs> He knows he's not going to quit, but now I got to introduce you and show you the fact that your wife's alive and she had my kid willingly. So now Butcher understands why she left. Crazy. And that's. Yeah, that's what I wanted. Clarification, right? Because it she had sex with Homelander because she wanted to, not because she was raped. Well, and Homelander cleared that up because he said, yeah, we she it, it was three times. Well, and. Here's the thing about Homelander is in the situation, is he a piece of shit? Sure. Is he an asshole? Absolutely. But he's not a liar. And he's not. Except a, to the public. And he's not a, like he he's not a molester. He never went well, after something in the show that didn't want him to. Well, I mean, he maybe, did watch Stillwell through the walls it. without her knowing. Or at least he didn't think she knew. But, but he never like. He always, it was always her decision to let him come closer. She welcomed it and then he reacted to it. Absolutely. No, and I, I, again, I don't know that that's something that he would do because I don't think that he, he doesn't have that because he's always, I mean, he's creepy. He, he said shit to Maeve that was really uncomfortable a couple of times, like implying that they should and that they have. But for me, it was about the fact that he has no reason to lie to Butcher about it. Yeah. Butcher hates him. He, he Butcher knows who he is. So when it comes to the point that he tells him no, it's three times. It wasn't there's no reason for him to lie at that point. Yeah. The only time he ever lied was to the media. Yeah. To the public. So yeah. that he looks good. And that's he's the part good that, at that. Wow. Oh, yeah, he's very good at that. So that's why I looked at it. And I was like, if I'm Butcher, now you have to realize that this happened for real. Like she chose it. And then they disappeared her because she had Homelander's kid and well, they and if, needed that kid to go away. Yeah. And if you looked at her reaction coming out of the house, yeah. she her reaction was not one of fear until she saw Butcher's face. Yeah. So with Homelander finding them, it sounds like Homelander didn't know about this until very recently to that moment from what I understood because 
he never alluded to it all throughout this that he knew he had a son until he obviously discovered it himself, right? Yeah, he didn't know. The doctor was the first yeah. one that because he, he no Homelander flat out says like I didn't think I could. Yeah, he had that honest shock, and then he told him he died, and he left it alone until he figured out the lie, and then he he tells Stillwell that he went back to Vogelbaum and squeezed him for the truth, truth, and that to me, yeah, is what does that first- mean? Like he almost killed the dude. I'm assuming Vogelbaum's toast. Oh, for sure. Like I believe Vogelbaum. Like he's dead. dead. Yeah, I thought. Yeah. I thought that meant he's probably dead. But I was like, how do? You, how does he get away with killing that dude? Because he was like Vought for a while. But I guess they'll scrape it under the rug or something. Well, he killed. Yeah. He killed the other executive at Vought that was True. about to take over. Yeah. yeah. Well, and we all know, no matter what, when Giancarlo Esposito is playing a bad guy, he'll go to any extreme to make sure he wins. So he's not going to say shit to Homelander. He's going to accept him and be like, yep, this is my prize winning superhero. Because at the end of the day, without Homelander, Vought takes a huge hit. So oh, yeah. he doesn't care. It's a poster child. Yep. Well, and with Homelander's son, well, yeah, they now too. are oh, in boy. a place to make a whole lot of money. That's going to make such an interesting So story. what happens? What do you... I, mean, I know I've seen some of the previews for season two, but I need to go back and rewatch. But what is Butcher's motivation and the boys' motivation now? Did they just switch to taking down the whole superhero system? Because Butcher's core vendetta is now kind of flipped totally on its head, but he could still point a finger at at and still be extremely pissed off at Homelander. But Homelander kind of saved his life and... It seemed like his wife basically turned on him. I just don't know where he kind of goes, but clearly there's a lot more of the story to be told. Sure. I personally don't think it changes for Butcher. I think Butcher has reworked his life and has has made up his mind that soups are bad. And I think that's now his way of life. I don't think seeing your wife and saying, okay, she made a shitty choice. I, I don't think that erases everything that the soups are to him and let's not forget he was trained by mallory who also is anti-soup so it's not he's not just carrying it for himself he's carrying it for whoever came and blew up mallory's family and you know vought is the devil and it might change from the soups themselves to vought the corporation but i don't think his i don't think his driving force changes to me it would be worse because now homelander sure he he showed that there was some deception that even Homelander didn't know about. And Homelander didn't do the things that he thought he did. But now Homelander saved his life in order to rub his nose in the fact that you were wrong and you just wasted your life. If anything, I'm more committed to bringing the asshole down than I was before. Well, and Vought, who's been hiding his wife. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm really curious to see how he gets away from Homelander or if Homelander is just so arrogant and it knows like, I'll kill this dude whenever I want. But then uh, maybe that comes back to bite him in the butt later. But because that aspect of it, you're like, well, Homelander could just show up at any moment and be like, all right, I'm, I'm done having fun with you. Here's my question, though. Like, who's to say Homelander stays with Vought? True. Well, according to the previews I've seen, at least for part of it, he is. Yeah. They bring in a new team member, who I'm thoroughly stoked about in Stormfront, especially with Aya Cash playing her, her. And I cannot wait to see her play this crazy ass, as powerful as Homelander character who's actually, they've turned into this media darling and in the comics was very racist. So I'm interested to see how they play that part of that character if they even go down that road but in the comics stormfront is and is extreme racist so it should add some interesting dynamic to it i was only gonna get more grit your teeth yeah well and to be honest like this show doesn't hide from 
hard topics. Nope. It hasn't the first season. I have no doubt that it won't the second season. And so I don't think that they're going to shy away from big topics. Well, like that's a that. good point because if they did, then I don't think we would like it as much because that's it seems to be consensus why we all have liked well, the show. Yeah, Absolutely. and I think if it did, it would raise the question on why they did. Yeah. And so, I mean, stick to stick to the real storyline, right? All right. I'm excited. Yeah. It's so let's, close. We've got like, what, a week and a half until uh, the first three come out? Yep. Week and a half. Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, let's rate the first season. Let's start with Casey. One through. Okay. Remind zero, me. Zero through five. Zero being hot garbage. Five being a beautiful scene with a doctor and Homelander. No pressure. None. Or influence. <laughs> I would say, I would say probably a 4.5. Um, it is such a, it's such a celebration of the worst qualities in almost every person with like silver linings around all of them. And it, I adored it. I adored the, I hated the characters. I love the characters. I was hopeful and I was sad and I cried when the lobster died <laughs> after making his first friend. But I, I mean, I can't, the music and the acting and the filmography and I mean, the special effects just are unmatched in anything I've ever seen. So I, I would say 4.5. I think there are a couple of things I would have done. That, like, I didn't love Elizabeth Shue in the mm. role. I think it, they could have found uh, somebody better to fill that role. Um, but, I mean, that if that's my biggest pet peeve about it. Sure. I'll go. I I thoroughly enjoy the show. I, I love everything about it. The acting's amazing. The story's great. The way that they lean into the difficult issues and they don't back away from it. We've talked about so many things over the last couple episodes of our podcast about this show. I, I don't need to say too much more. There were a couple things that bothered me mainly i wanted i wish they would have riddled more of the backstories at least for like homelander like i love what we see you see like one or two comments early on that and then you start to realize how shitty is and then you get the a pretty good chunk of it at the end and i think what we get at the end is fine i just think it would have been cool to have it littered throughout the eight episodes not just a little bit in the beginning and then dumped on you in the last two i think some little tiny hints that don't give anything away throughout would have kept me even more engaged kind of like what casey said you start to feel for him i think maybe starting to feel for him a little bit earlier for me would have maybe elevated it a little i don't know for sure but that's what my brain tells me so it's little tiny things i'm nitpicking at this point for a tv show but i'm also going to give it a four and a half because i just i thoroughly enjoyed this show mattson all right yeah, so I, I think I have a little bit of a different viewpoint than JJ. I like that they gave me more of Homelander later at the end because I feel like if I knew more at the beginning, would I have viewed him as this manipulative, creepy, secretive, politically correct, powerful individual if I'd known more up front? I don't know it, to your answer as well. I don't know, but I like that I found out more later because it just kept me glued to my screen because I, I didn't know I, I wanted to know what it was about him. But when it came and I did learn more about him, it, it was like, OK, it makes sense. I I, I liked where it fell for me because it was almost like a suspenseful, like cliffhanger reveal that I was I was waiting for. And I liked that they made me wait. And I, I've been sitting here as you guys have been giving a ratings for a, a standalone season. It's hard for me to find anything I don't like about the season. I, I like the acting. I like I, I got to be honest. I like all the actors. I like the character development. I like the, the plot. I like the, the music. 
music. I like the visual. I mean, the special effects. I mean, come on. One of the greatest opening special effects scenes I think you'll see in cinema or TV. I mean, it was amazing. And then they ended it with one of the greatest death scenes, oh. as you talked about, JG, that we're ever going to see. And the emotion behind both of those events really is kind of two bookends for what season one was. So I, I think you're anticipating the number that I'm going to give. It's perfect for me. It is a five. I don't have a reason to not give it a five in my viewpoint. Now, if we were grading this when we get through all the seasons, that'll be the true mark. Can I can I carry that along into season two and, and wherever we go with this? Because uh, my, my TV show barometer is always breaking bad because after the first couple episodes, it never took its foot off the pedal. And I'm excited to see, can the boys in my eyes stay in that regard? But for season one, they get a five. Phenomenal job. Awesome. Yeah, so great ratings for the show. Highly recommend. Go out and check it out if you haven't already, especially with season two coming out in less than two weeks. Uh, at least the first three episodes, it does have an interesting release schedule, which is, we'll see how it goes. With diet, Like Casey said last week, you'll be able to digest one episode at a time after the first three. But And of course, keep an eye out because we'll be for sure reviewing those as well Oh yeah, as we go. So excited to see those. Matson, why don't you let everybody know where they can find us? Yeah, check us out on our YouTube channel, What's Our Verdict? Um, the same for our social media channels, Facebook and uh, Twitter, Instagram. And then check us out on, on Spotify, Apple, and wherever else you listen to good podcasts. We're around pushing out a lot of great content, got a lot of great movies and some further TV shows coming up like The Mandalorian here shortly. Uh, we're excited for you guys to come listen, come chime in and... Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Matson. Also, don't forget to go check out our website where you can send us feedback and just communicate pretty openly. we got some great comments coming in from people now. You can also listen to the episodes there as well. So go check that out. We'd love to have you visit and, and reach out. Finally, thanks, Casey, for joining us for both of these episodes. Yeah, Casey. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have you on for season two. Great to have a perspective that is not carrying a dick. That's fair. Though mentally, I probably am more of a dick <laughs> and less of a vagina. <laughs> That's probably very true. But in all seriousness, no, I really appreciate a lot of what you talked about from like the Me Too movement, especially in our past episode. Brought a great perspective there. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to it in season two because one thing I have, the only thing I've read about it is that it's very, the female characters are very much in the front. So excited to have awesome. your perspective there as well because that's I think that's great. So, all right. Well, thanks for joining us. That's our verdict. And we'll catch you on the next one. Bye.